0: Get ready, Avalanche Territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content, Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hello again, everyone, and welcome in to the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Evans, with you for another week as we uh, chop things up, all things Avalanche in the NHL, and doing this right after the Avalanche posted that impressive win against the Rangers 3 to 2 in a shootout and that was that was such a fun hockey game and and I could just spend this entire podcast just talking about that game and what it meant as a hockey fan as an Avalanche fan to be able to watch that kind of game and the Avalanche deliver the kind of performance that they did because as you look at this team as they embark on trying to defend as Stanley Cup champions, let's be honest. It, it was such a short off season. It's such a long season that you're now facing. You now know as a champion what the road looks like to get to the finish line. It's long. It's a grind. And to try to look at that long view right at the start of the season – It can be really kind of almost depressing, like, oh, my Lord, this is a long road. We know when we get to the end of it, we're going to love that we're there. But my goodness, as we embark on this journey, it is long. It is a grind. It is grueling. And can you bring that kind of motivation at the start of the season? I think we've already seen some examples of the Avalanche playing up and down to their competition. Friday night, last Friday night against Seattle at home, they lose. And you're just like left wondering, uh-huh, where how'd that happen? But it's something that we talked about when this season began. The idea that especially early on, for the first part of the season, you might see some of those uneven performances from the Avs. With the idea that as the season ticks along, grinds along, they'll get to a point where it's like, okay, It's winning time. It's time to get geared up. It's time to start really focusing in on being the team that we want to be and the team that we want to look like come playoff time. But we're not there yet. So you take these moments like the Rangers game, and you take them and you kind of cherish them, and you understand this is who they are right now. They are a team that's probably going to play up and down to their competition for a while and, boy, that Rangers game was certainly evidence of that, wasn't it? You had you had it all. And during the course of an 82-game season, most of the games are just games, right? But every once in a while, you get a matchup that you know both teams look at as being, this is out of the ordinary. This is not one of your normal 82. This one is special. And, boy, the Rangers certainly felt that way. The Rangers are a team... They look at the Avs, this is where we want to be, this is where we think we are close to be. And I've seen so many preseason predictions for the Eastern Conference, and I would say the vast majority of the picks for who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference are the Rangers. Rangers are a very trendy pick. So you know they looked at that game against the Avalanche as a real litmus test, a real measuring stick game. They were ready, the crowd was ready, and, you know, and the Avalanche were ready. They came in, and this was one of those games where, hey, we're not going to have a difficult time getting our motivation because we're in New York. We're in a big media market, a lot of attention, a lot of media. We're going into a charged environment. Hey, it's Madison Square Garden, the greatest arena on earth. So the Avalanche were ready. And, boy, it was a great hockey game, really good hockey game. You know, 2-2 into regulation, end of regulation, into overtime, into the shootout, the abs come away with the win. and and But not your typical 2-2 hockey game. Between the two teams, what was it, 87, 86 shots on goal? On goal. These weren't just shots taken, shots that got blocked, shots that missed the net. These were shots on goal. So a ton of action, a ton of really good scoring chances, tremendous goaltending. Which brings us to the, uh, Alexander Georgiev. And the money on the board. Excuse me. The money on the board uh, game, and it was a, it was a hockey tradition. I love hockey traditions, by the way. Hockey has more traditions than any other sports, and it's why I love hockey so much. But the the money on the board, I'd heard about it, I'd kind of forgotten about it, but we got the reminder. Emily Kaplan, who does a great job as the ice level reporter for ESPN, talked about how. Uh, this was a money-on-the-board game. And typically what happens is it's 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 like a bounty, and which, of course, is outlawed in the rules, but everybody kind of, you know, wink-wink, nod-nod type thing because they understand what it is. It's not a bounty as much as, hey, usually when it's a player going up against his old team, he'll put an amount of money, a figure, an amount up on the board. And with the idea that, hey, we go out win tonight, I'll put that amount of money, I'll donate it to the team uh, slush fund for a party at the end of the year or to a charity, whatever. But in this case, Georgiev, going up against his old team, put up team dinner. Team dinner? That's what was at stake. Guys, go out get Alexander Georgiev a win against his old team. We He's springing for a team dinner. So that's cool. That is awesome. And boy, did Georgiev deliver. And you could see at the end of that game, after he'd made that final save in the shootout, how he just exploded from his crease, like they had just won a, a huge playoff game or something. And that that's a cool story. Because even though you got to understand, they got a guy like uh, in there be- between the pipes, you can understand why you're the backup. It doesn't, it, it doesn't change the fact, though, that you're a competitor and you believe, hey, if given the opportunity, I could be that number one guy. And, boy, hockey good promise has smiled down on Georgiev that he gets a chance to show he is number one goalie material with a team like the Avs. Tremendous opportunity. And, boy, he did not squander that opportunity against the Rangers. He was really good. Really good. In fact, he was better than Shosturkin. Shosturkin made the mistake roaming out of his crease, led to the uh, Logan O'Connor goal. And uh, the Avalanche come away with a hard-fought, exciting... I mean, that was just a terrific hockey game, start to finish. And enjoy those moments. Enjoy those moments because, at least in the early part of the season, it might be a little bit uneven for the ass. But I thought, whether it was uh, this game against the Rangers or coming right off the game against Seattle, they turn around and go to Vegas, where you know the Knights were loaded for Bear, eager to make an impression, eager to make a statement, Eager to measure themselves against the ads, and the ads beat them so y- you don 't like the idea, and I know that coaches and players they kind of you know, shake their head and, oh, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We don't want to be, you know, relying on flipping the switch, right? You never want to have to just rely on flipping the switch because at some point they say, yawn, Uh, you're going to flip the switch and nothing happens. Okay, I get that. And we're not talking about uh, meandering along throughout the season and you get to Uh, March and April, and you're on the cusp of the playoffs, and then you're like, okay, now we're going to flip the switch. That is a dicey proposition. That is risky. But early on in the season, if the Avs are kind of flipping the switch and picking their moments, I'm okay with that. I get it. I'm not going to stress out. Now, there are some reasons why people, and I know my buddy Matt Smith, who uh, appears on this uh, podcast from time to time, uh, he, he continues to raised some of the red flags with this team early on. And he talks about the the lack of depth early on. And there is no doubt. And that, that is something that is fair to talk about. At the start of this season, the Avs' big guns, boy, they have come out firing. Valerie Nichushkin, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, um, Artori Lekinen, the best players have been the best players. But it's led to a little bit of top heaviness to the Avs lineup and the question going into the season when you lose guys like a Nazem Kadri you lose guys like an an, an Andre Burakovsky you know who's going to step up and if you want to raise a concern about this team right now here you go through the early going the guys that you're looking at the younger players that you're looking at to maybe step up uh, Logan O'Connor just that one goal through seven games j t. Comfer, no goals through seven games Alex Newhook, no goals through seven games so that is an area to watch. It's not really a concern yet I can't with the abs, I can't get concerned or worried about anything through the first 20 games of the season it's just it's just basically a, a feel out time. What do we got? What do we not have? Because I know the way that the Avalanche operate. I know with Joe Sackick. I know with uh, Chris McFarland. I know that they are not going to sit idly by and, and watch this continue to, to uh, become an issue deep into the season. They'll address it. But I think we all agreed early on, let's give these guys, let's give the Evan Rodriguez's of the world a chance to show what they can do. Give them an opportunity see if they run with it, see if they take advantage of it, and if they don't, all right, then we know the Avs will go out and address it. They'll go out, they'll make, they'll make a move, they'll make a trade. So I don't worry about that. But if if you are looking at reasons uh, to be concerned or areas that need to improve, I would say, yes, better depth up front among your forward depth. I don't worry about defense depth or goaltending depth. But up front among your your forwards, your, um, your bottom six guys, you, you need to see more. Okay, so that's one thing to, to be concerned with. Another thing, as red hot as the Avalanche power play is, 10 power play goals, 10 power play goals already. They're humming along at like a 50% success rate when it comes to their power play. Do you know how good that is? Do you know how outrageous that is? Uh, if you are a really good power play team in the NHL, if you're an above average power play team, you're clicking at about a 24 25, 26% rate on your power play. The are like 50 that can't continue. It won't continue. If it does, we got ourselves a story, but uh, they are just absolutely lethal on the power play, but they're almost as bad when it comes to the penalty kill. Yeah. They've scored 10 power play goals, but they've given up nine power play goals. So that is something that needs to be fixed. But before you're like, Hey, you know, what are you being negative about? Don't be negative. Don't, don't kill my buzz as an Avalanche fan. I'm, I'm not making a big deal of this. I'm just pointing them out uh, some issues that will need to be addressed at some point. Not right now, but at some point as the Avalanche move their way uh, throughout the first part of this season. But, uh, boy, you have to love what you've seen from uh, the guys, the McKinnons, the Rantanons, uh McCarr. McCarr hasn't scored yet. You know that's going to be coming. Uh, and and doing all this, of course, without Gabe Landeskog and Darren Helm. So the Abs, it, it's it's a, it's a fun time right now because we're still basking in the glow of what they did in winning the cup. And if they submit a performance that isn't that good, is kind of a stinker. We're able to laugh it off and just kind of brush it off as Phew, it's early in the season. You know, they're still trying to find their way. But when they have a game like the one they just had against the Rangers the other night. It allows us to sit back and say, you know what? No matter what goes on with this team throughout the course of the season, and even if there are moments where they don't look completely engaged, or even if there are moments when some deficiencies start to rear their ugly head that they're probably going to have to address, they'll still deliver a performance every once in a while that just reminds us of who they are. And it's why I keep coming back to that Rangers game. Because on, on that night, on that stage, The Avalanche reminded all of us, and including themselves, but reminded all of us what's inside them, what they're capable of, and what is waiting for teams once we get into the part of the season that matters the most. And it's it's a really fun feeling to have. You know, it's funny as a Denver sports fan, so many of these teams that we root for, uh, they've got so much to prove. They have so much questions. We just can't trust them, right? I mean, we can't trust anything about the Rockies. The Broncos have done nothing to give us anything that we can really believe in. The Nuggets are a team that they're very aggravating at times because on one night they'll they'll look like they are a championship contender The, the next night they'll they'll do something they'll they'll show no defensive effort and they'll leave us all kind of shaking our heads wondering you know who are you guys but with the abs there is a level of trust isn't there and that's that's one of the great things about being able to have a team that you root for that's proven that they can win it all because they've earned that trust right they've earned that belief they've earned that credibility and it's funny because they can have a bad game like the one they had against the Kraken and nobody blinks an eye because you trust that they'll handle up on their business when it, when it really matters. And when they have those games in Vegas or like the one in New York, the other night against the Rangers, it's just a reminder of how we can trust that team. And that is a cool feeling to have. That'll do it for this week's mile high hockey podcast. As always appreciate your feedback. Let me know what you think about the show, what you'd like to hear more of, Let me know by reaching out directly on uh, Twitter at MikeEvans1043. DM me and uh, let me know what you think. Also, you can uh, let me know during the course of the Schlereth and Evans show. Send me a text on our Ramoslaw.com text line. Hey, Evans, I uh, listened to your podcast. Uh, I like this or I hated this. Whatever. I love the feedback. Doesn't bother me. Just want to be able to uh, hear from the great Avalanche fans out there. That'll do it for the Mile High Hockey Podcast. We'll see you again next week.